All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. What advice would you have for us if we want to learn German? What can you what can you give us? We want to learn German. What what can we do? Mhm. Mm. <laughs> I think um if we wanted to start to learn Catalan, what advice would you give us? Wow. Um. Welcome to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Learn Your English is a company that is changing the way people study, learn, and teach languages. Learn Your English offers students and teachers strategies to effectively develop their abilities and skills in their own time. Bringing you the latest in English language learning and teaching, Teacher Talking Time explores all angles for teachers and students alike. Got a question? Comment. A story to share? Send us an email at info@learnyourenglish.com. At This is the Teacher Talking Time podcast. All right. Well, we all know it's a pretty big world out there, and uh, two people at Learn Your English have spent the last weekend or so traveling that world and hopefully meeting lots of people from all over the world. Because, as you know, Andrew, uh, it's important to kind of extend your social circuit circle, not uh, circus as well, but a circle in particular. Not just because of professional reasons, but just because people are so darn nice, and we're all so similar, right? We all love, live, laugh, you know, all that stuff. Um, did uh, you and Leo have a good opportunity either in or outside of the conference to uh, meet any interesting individuals? Oh, man. So first of all, yeah, absolutely, right? So yeah, of course, Leo and I traveled recently to Barcelona, Spain, Hurrah. and uh, went to the International House Conference over there. And of course, uh, being a very international city, uh, we met lots of lots of interesting people. Um, as we mentioned in, in previous episodes, actually, we were... I, I, I was, I won't speak for Leo, I was pretty surprised at the diversity of teachers that were, were at the conference. I, I hadn't expected that many countries to be represented. You know, there were Romanian teachers, there were teachers from Belarus, from Russia, from Ukraine, from all over Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, we were kind of the, the unique or only North American examples, but yeah, we met tons of people. And of course, just out and about in Barcelona itself, meeting lots of people from Spain, from many, many places as well. It's a very international city, right? Well, what uh, what I'd like to talk to you today about is uh, maybe some learners that you might have met, actually. Uh, this episode of Teacher Talking Time is going to be dedicated to the global learner, Um as Andrew just pointed out, um, we're interested in looking at some some of the differences, some of the challenges we all face as learners. And uh, one way to do that is to get out and meet some learners. So um, today we're going to introduce you to some of our friends and hopefully we'll uh, meet some of the people you spoke to, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, uh, part of learning and part of the culture of learning is to meet people from all around the world. And of course, people are people, but it's always interesting to learn about how other people learn uh, in different parts of the world, and uh, we know, uh, you know, in, in certain countries, the the classroom environment is a little bit different than in other parts of the world, and these types of things. Um, but more so, what we want to do in this episode is get out of the classroom a little bit and just talk about how people learn in general. So part of the trip, Leo and I focused on where we really want to, as much as possible, talk to people and and try to interview them and and talk to them about their learning experiences with languages or otherwise. And hear their stories as opposed to, you know, getting out of our own circle, our own comfort zone and really listening to the global learner or learners from different places and learn how they learn. So we were lucky enough to get uh, three distinct interviews, uh, one in Frankfurt, Germany, one in Barcelona, two in Barcelona, one uh, with a group of high school kids and one with uh, two friends of ours, Claudia and Victor, who gave us a little bit of insight into Catalonia and the Catalan culture of Barcelona as well. So we're looking forward to that. Well, stay tuned for those interviews and everyone to kick off our show today. We have a little bit of a special. Here are some of our friends from all over the world with a little message for you. Hi, everyone. My name is Carrie. What's up, everyone? 
My name is Johan. I'm Rocio. My name is Azat Bostash. This is Alex. My name is Yasmin. My name is Ethan. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Angela from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, everybody. My name is Kimberly, and I'm from Malawi. Hi, everyone. My name is Marek Kiczkowiak, and I'm from Poland. Hey, everyone. My name is Maurice, and I'm from Ivory Coast. I'm from Singapore. I live in Costa Rica. Pavna, and I come from Nepal. I'm from France. And I'm from Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm from Hoosquan in Sweden. From El Salvador. From Macau. From Vietnam. From Korea. And I'm from Turkey. I'm from China. I'm originally from Egypt. I lived in the UK and the UAE, and I'm now living in Canada. You're listening to... You're listening to... And now you're listening to... This is Teacher Talking Time. Teacher Talking Time. Teacher Talking Time. Teacher Talking Time. The Learn Your English... The Learn Your English... The Learn Your English Podcast. And you're listening to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English Podcast. What's up, my people? What's up, everyone? I hope everyone's everyone's doing okay. Uh, I'm Ian. My name is Ian Salif. I'm from Russia, living in Ecuador in this moment, and uh, you are listening to the Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. <laughs> All right, and welcome back. Uh, so, Andrew, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but uh, I think you and Leo flew through Germany, did you not? We sure did. We had a captain's wow. flight in Frankfurt. Ah, Deutschland. Have you been to Frankfurt? I have not, but Why I not? do like Franks, the person and the wiener. <laughs> um, Funny story, true story. In the airport, they had hot dog carts. Well, that's appropriate. So I don't know if that's a huge stereotype for the airport or if that's uh, something that's commonplace. We'll never know. Okay, then. Well, <laughs> what everyone wants to know is, did you have a chance to uh, speak to anyone at the airport in Frankfurt? Yeah, we sure did. So uh, this was at the beginning of the trip, and Leo, I guess, I don't know if Leo and I strike you as shy people, but we were a bit Never. hesitant or resistant to approach people and ask them if we could record a conversation with them. Not something that's commonplace, I suppose. But as we were sitting in a cafe getting breakfast after our long flight, uh, we were paying and the waitress asked us if we wanted to pay with the credit card, right? In euros or in Canadian dollars. And we said Canadian dollars because we joked out. Oh, what's the difference? Oh, convenient. I thought so. And then this nice young lady sitting close to us after we paid kind of uh, interjected and said, hey, you know, if I can I give you a little bit of advice? Uh, you should pay in euros because you're gonna you lose a lot of money if you pay in your own currency. Over Especially here. if it's Canadian dollars. Especially if it's Canadian dollars. And we said, oh, we didn't know that. Thank you for the tip. And then kind of we started talking, and she was a very nice young lady, and she uh, offered to uh, give us a little interview for this podcast and talk about uh, the myth, if you will, of German multilingualism. If it's true, if it's not true, techniques in Germany, learning techniques in Germany, how the German language is learned, how many different languages Germans typically learn, how many she speaks, and all of these types of ideas. Well, that would be quite interesting considering how closely related uh, English and German are. So, all right, everyone. So let's have a listen to that interview and uh, enjoy. Not a okay. problem. So we're sitting here in the cafe with Selina. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess we're just curious about, we just asked you a question off, or well, we weren't live, but uh, language is learned in Germany and how many, the myth of the myth of the, the, the German polyglots. Yeah, there you go, about Germans or Europeans speaking a lot of languages, maybe you can speak to if that's true, you think that's true or, or not true? Uh, well, usually you your, your first um, foreign language in school you learn is English and um, most of the people choose a second language, French or Spanish, and um, it depends on which school you are, and you can also learn a very ancient languages like Latin or Greece, but oh, wow. it's just about the translation and not about speaking. Did you languages. learn any of those? I learned uh, Latin in school, yes. Wow. And Latin was my first language I learned. Yeah, yeah okay. and um, English followed after the You too? Latin. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I learned really? Latin. I can't speak it. I cannot no, speak Nobody speaks Latin. Latin. Either, yeah. But I can, you know, translate text. Yes. And, you know, My dad actually studied Latin mm-hmm. in university, but I, I, I'm the odd one out here. I, I can't think speak we should Latin. have like some sort of a, of a gathering of all these Latin speakers <laughs> and we should revive <laughs> the language. But I think Latin helped me a lot to learn other languages, because, uh, for example, language French awareness. and Spanish, because French and Spanish are Romanian uh, languages, and yeah. um, it's almost the same grammar. Mm-hmm. 
it was easier to learn other languages. Do you find that learning Latin and learning different languages really helped you with English as well? And like, what techniques, what did you do to actually improve your English? Uh, to improve my English, yeah. I decided to watch um, TV in English. Um, it helped me to understand better, it helped me to get a better style of the language, yeah. What did you watch? What was your show? What was your go-to? Oh, my favorite show is Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> You know what? I have never seen an episode Same. of Grey's Anatomy, no, no. never. Same. But Same. <laughs> maybe stereotypically women love it, right? It's the uh, McDreamy, whatever his name is. McDreamy. Yeah, McDreamy. McDreamy. Yeah. Yeah. Are those two different people? Uh, yes, McDreamy yes. McDreamy and McDreamy. I think that really turned me off. That's why. That's why I never watched the show. <laughs> so you speak German, of course, English, Spanish, French? A little bit of Spanish yeah. and a little bit of um, French. I learned it in school and in university, but it's really hard to to speak it right now because I, I forgot a little bit to speak. Is that why you're going to it, Spain to practice your yes, Spanish? Yes, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe I can improve my, my grammar and um, yeah, okay. vocabularies. Do you find that it's easy for you to actually speak Spanish when you are in, in Spain or do you feel a little anxious? when you have to communicate in Spanish. Because a lot of people have this language anxiety where they speak some of the language, but when it gets to actually communicating, they feel a little uncertain. Yes, I think um, when you come to Spain, you just need to try to speak and maybe you get more comfortable after a few days and um, it's easier than yeah. Yeah. you first hear it and then you are brave enough to speak it. So we walked into this cafe earlier and they thought we were German and they just talking to us in German and I said okay but what advice would you have for us if we want to learn German? Oh, yeah. What can you what can you give us? We want to learn German. What what can we do? Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> That's what we call a, don't a high a no. high context I answer. Think, don't do it. I yeah. think um, German is a very clear language. We have a clear pronunciation, but it could be hard for not Germans to learn it because we have a difficult grammar and there are not similarities to other languages. Okay. It could be the hard part, but um, I can recommend. Maybe to start with easy texts to read, like um, books for children, mm -hmm. or yeah, okay. watch TV with. Um, Do we have to live here to learn it, or is it a language that I can I can learn, not being in a German-speaking place? You can learn it. I don't know in a in a course in a German course okay. in Canada, for example. Mm -hmm. I think it's good okay. because the teachers are almost yeah are mostly German or have a German background. Yeah. There's three genders in German. I know that. There's a neutral gender, neutral. right? Because in Spanish there's two. In romantic languages there's well, two, two genders, yes, right? Have, and then in German there's a neutral. third. Yes, yes. We have der, die, and das. Yes. Say that again. It's what? Der. It's, it's okay. the male one. Okay. Die. It's the female. And das. It's uh, das. neutral. Okay. Das. Is there yes. any pattern to what is neutral, or is it? Sort of random. random. That's what really demotivated me when I was okay. trying to learn. I tried to learn German for six months and I just gave up. And yeah, I, was like, this it's, is, it's I had the wrong motivation. So in Spanish, a computer is feminine or female. In German, a computer it is, is male. It is male. Okay. A yeah. table is female in Spanish yeah, and German. Portuguese. It is uh, male. Dear Ma tish. Okay, so now we're opposite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but sometimes the Germans, uh, Germans, they can't decide whether it is uh, um, uh, female or male. For example, really? about Nutella. Do you know Nutella? Yeah, of course. The, yeah. Some people say it's die Nutella, and some people say it's uh, das Nutella. Interesting. Because it's a. Uh, an own name. So das is what again? Das, das is it's neutral. It's yeah. neutral. So car is neutral because you say das up. And um, I think. <laughs> I guess. Like, oh, I say that. Is that people say that. He's just confused. She's yeah, good. sometimes so, I, I, I can't sense, decide right? if it's um, der Nutella or das Nutella or die Nutella. Does it really matter? Like, it matters, but. All people understand you. Okay. And some people say die Nutella and some people say. <laughs> so what, else, what else would be neutral? Um. Car, we figured that out. No, not coffee. No, coffee is male. Coffee? Is male. Yes. Coffee is male in Portuguese. Male coffee. In, yeah, in, in Spanish too. Who decides these things? Who decides what's male what's and male what is female? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just a feeling about well there are of course rules but well, but nobody wants to learn we don't want to learn rules we want to learn mm -hmm. how to use the language yeah That's... you need you need the right feeling for yeah. so if we go to Austria, for example, how is the German different in Austria than you would find it in Germany? Sometimes they have completely different words mm -hmm. for some things, and um, I think they also have a quite different accent. And sometimes it is also hard for me to understand them. Also, the Swiss people, it's really hard to understand them. They have a different German. German, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been to Swiss um, two years ago and um, I did an internship there and it was so hard to get used to the language. I sat on the table and listened to the people but I didn't understand anything really? at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe they mix the genders. Maybe they mix the genders. No, Maybe I don't have think no gender. so. Bad. They have no gender. <laughs> Transgenders. Swiss genders. Swiss genders. They, right. have, um, uh, they have a different accent and they have other words for okay. Another myth about Germany, I guess, is that Germans learn English from a very young age, and lots of German people think Germans speak English very fluently. Um, did you start learning English when you were very young? Is that why it's so good? Or is it from TV? I think it's more from TV. Yeah. It's, in school you learn just... Um, basic things and yeah well when you get a little bit older you read classic books like Shakespeare or whatever and um, yeah but I don't I think, think that would help I think not Shakespeare no. yeah um, speaking in, in, in English speaking um, country helps and um, listen to I don't know um, music or um, TV well, in other words, what she was basically doing is she was exposed to authentic recordings, mm. exposed to authentic language. So you're not really learning from a book. So you're not learning things like yes. you know the duolingual type of thing, where you're just learning isolated words and you're never going to learn how to use them. So yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you so much for uh, offering yeah. to do this. That's of great. Well, thank you for that interview, Andrew. Actually, I'm, I'm, it's it's nice to see that you and Leo are overcoming your shyness <laughs> in uh, in the real world. And uh, I mean, we and try. it's great to hear the voice of uh, you know of someone who's clearly learned more than one language. You know. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, and and she she was great, and she tried to tell us that or to debunk the myth of you know Germans not speaking lots of languages, but she clearly speaks quite a few. So maybe yeah, she, yeah, she's yeah, being yeah. modest, which is nice. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a value. I was also wondering, actually, if you were able to get out and talk to some uh, to younger students who are maybe setting out learning English for the first time in their lives. <laughs> you bet we were. And the next interview we, we did kind of came to us as Leo and I were wandering around the Barcelona market, as one tends to do when one is in Barcelona. We were approached by a group of young ladies, high school students. Okay. Thank you. All right, here we go. We're getting surveyed by some students in the Barcelona market. So first question. And they clearly had a project to do for school. Andrew. They asked us a series of questions, some of them very basic. Okay, and your surname? Woodbury. Can you spell No, it's too long. No, it's <laughs> Some of the questions were a little bit personal. How old are you? Wow, personal questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look at this. And Holy okay, God. some of the How questions were that? a lot personal. Are you married? What is the project? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not married. And some were quite controversial, bordering on over the line to a stranger that you've just met in the Barcelona market. Uh, what is your opinion about the abortion? Abortion? Yes. Ooh, this is a very political thing. <laughs> yes, yes. And where are you But they also asked some interesting and questions. Do you know any words in Catalan? No. no. Can you teach me? Segon. Okay. So, oh, it's like the second. Segon. 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 Okay. Segon. Tercer. How do I say it? Segon. Oh, that's different. Okay. And of course, some topical questions as well. And do you know something about the political situation in Catalonia? A little bit, but not very much detail. Just uh, 
very simple what everything is on the news, but more than that, not too much. Yeah. I know there was a revolution, wait, six months ago, one year ago, something like that? Well, there was a voting system. The voting, the voting system one year ago? Six months ago? How long was that? Uh, one year ago. One year ago? Yes. Okay. And again, thank you for that. Uh, Wow, just listening to that, I couldn't help but think about my own experience in China and just being uh, out at the one of the thousands of historical sites and being approached by high school students in uh, Chinese uniforms, uh, Chinese schoolgirl uniforms or schoolboy uniforms, asking me uh, certain questions. Uh, oh they, yeah, they approached you too. Oh, absolutely, all kinds of questions. Not near, not as provocative as some of the questions <laughs> you encountered, but uh, but still, um, it was you know it's. It was. Uh, it's obviously a practice that is um, implemented uh, all over the world. Um, the question I have for you, though, Andrew, is how effective uh, do you think it is from you know a teaching approach, a pedagogical approach? Um, is this something that uh, is useful? Uh, what What do you think that they're What do you think they're learning from this experience? Yeah, I mean that's what I wanted to to ask throw back to you as well because I, when I was in Mexico earlier or at the end of last year, end of two thousand eighteen, uh, for a, a really good friend's uh, wedding, um, it happened to me as well. And a friend, and we were kind of wandering around town, walking you know downtown in the main area. Maybe there's something about you. Well, oh. <laughs> am I approachable? Uh, obviously, no one's ever told yeah, me that's the shyness apparently, right, folks? <laughs> don't trust the word he says. Yeah, don't. Uh, this okay. pretty. Famous. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. Uh, where this is a similar situation. I mean, in Barcelona, the the, the kids were a little bit older. You know, 15, 16, something like that, maybe. And so they were just kind of on their own. In Mexico, the kids were a bit younger, maybe 12. So they were with their mother uh, or a mother of the group. And, okay. And, and we were walking down the main street the day of the wedding, kind of doing some shopping, sightseeing. And, and they approached us. And I don't know what it is about our look, but they assumed that we spoke English. Right. <laughs> so, How do they know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You either stick out like a sore thumb or they're the, the most observant teenagers you've ever met in your absolutely. life. Absolutely. Right? Uh, so obviously we indulged them and, and did the interview and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it got me wondering because then this is obviously a pattern now because it happened to me in Spain. It's happened to you in China. I'm sure it's happened to Leo and to other people you know, uh, elsewhere about the pedagogy, about what students are actually learning when they do this. And and, and I think there's, there's pros and cons to it. On the pro, obviously, you know, English as a foreign language, you know, by definition is when you leave the classroom, you don't have a chance or a lot of chances to, to use the language. So this is a way as a teacher, if you're assigning this as a project or an assignment or homework, that students can use English outside of the classroom, right? That's the obvious right. pro. Although I see mostly cons with it because I'm totally guessing. We didn't actually ask the girls this in the market, but a lot of the questions they had trouble asking us, which right. leads me yes. to believe that they didn't write the questions themselves. I'm just a hunch, but well, I think so. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, that's what I was just going to say was, was um, you know, in terms of ped pedagogical approach, like I wonder, you know, how meaningful this task is for them if they can't even say the questions that they're supposed to be asking you. So, you know, just I, I, if this is a task that people are teachers are encouraging their students to do. I mean, perhaps one strategy going forward might be to have them maybe generate some questions themselves or, or think about some questions that they would naturally ask someone they're meeting for the first time. I, I just wonder if there's a way that we can scaffold it to help them both with the linguistic side based on their current you know, knowledge uh, and language resources, but then also expand it. Um, also, one thing that, that struck me was... Um, uh, especially with with the high school students in in China that I met was you know there's a very kind of intercultural uh, element to this activity right you know how do you approach someone right. in a natural way right. what are those boundaries of you know personal question versus a, a question that might be more appropriate for um, for uh, this situation did any of that cross your mind yeah actually you're you're reading my mind here not. Unlike usual, you're always good at reading my mind. And finishing your sentences. <laughs> um, but I mean, that might be the biggest pro out there. I mean, even aside from a language perspective, it's a skill. Uh, it takes courage. I mean, Leo and I were nervous to approach or to ask for an interview, you know, in the German airport and other places in Barcelona. We're, and it's in a language that we speak uh, very proficiently, right? So for children or high school kids or even adults, professionals, to conduct interviews out in public, approaching people, that's a skill in and of itself, right? So maybe that's, even language aside, that's just the value in it and that's worthwhile. Um, on the other side, I mean, we, we struggle. We have we have tasks where we teach, where we ask students to to create and then conduct surveys that's outside right. yes. of class. And, and we 
always debate this point all the time about the value of it, about the value, uh, uh, you know, is it, is it more so in them creating the questions? Is it more so in them conducting it? If when they go out there, they don't do it in the, the target language, is that a big issue? I mean, it, there's a lot of a lot of these things at, at play here. Yeah, and and also, I mean, one one thing that we can't take for granted is what what's done afterwards, right? Like, you know, I I find that this activity is as um is is a great learning activity, um, especially if you add some sort of reflective element at the end, where you know, uh, how did you know, asking the students to reflect on how they felt when they were asking the questions, how did they deal with communication breakdown, how did they paraphrase their speech, recast their questions, and and so on, and you know, those are again, these are elements that may or may not being uh, that these are elements that might be incorporated or or or, or not. Um, but I, I think that the task obviously is you know again it's it's one that's used all over the world. Um, it's uh, it provides them with great confidence and and uh, as long as there's some sort of learning process tied to it, um, it it can actually serve a great purpose. Yeah, and there's some team building obviously at play as well because there, at least in this case there was a group of three in Mexico when I encountered it. There was a group of four or five. So there's a you know, team building, working together, learning to work in groups, these types of sure, ideas. Sure, a little bit of zone of proximal development there. Yeah, and I on. wish I'd asked them about the follow-up or if they knew what the follow-up was. But again, the questions were kind, not random, but a little bit different. You know, the common introduction, what's your name? What's your surname? Where are you from? Um, some political-based questions, some uh, ethic-based, you know, ethical-based questions about our experience in Spain and in Barcelona. If we knew about the political situation, as you as you heard earlier, so it's not super focused. So again, I'm wondering about what the task really is. But again, right. if it's just in terms of getting them to use language outside of class, I think it works. But maybe there's a better way to have them do that. Right, 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 and yeah, or or just make sure that task is is very clear. Uh, right from the beginning. But again, let's be let's be honest. I mean, teaching English as a foreign language, i.e., teaching English in a country that doesn't speak it natively or as a a, a dominant language of of that country, is tough. So, how do you get your students exposure? How do you get extensive use? How do you have them speak English outside of class? So, this is obviously something that teachers worldwide have come up with, and I think it's commend it's it's a great idea in principle, right? And it's actually connected to one of the presentations you saw, right? Which was, you know, how do you incorporate this kind of intercultural communication Absolutely. into, say, um, a monolingual classroom, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, you experienced it firsthand, which is which is wonderful. Sure did. And uh, let's get back to the other part of the interview where we actually we turned the tables on them. Oh, no. And we interviewed them as well oh, as the questions no. that we had. Oh, God help them. But of course, Leo and I wouldn't be doing our job as educators, as interviewers, as podcasters if we didn't take or seize the opportunity to ask the ladies some questions that we actually didn't prepare, but we thought of on the spot about their learning, about their language learning, and about Catalan and Spanish culture. Uh, sure, but one question first. Let's. I'm gonna have oh, some yeah. questions for you oh, yeah. as well. Okay. So you're doing English for English class, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how is how do you learn English in, in your schools, or how have you learned English outside of class until now? How, how do you speak English? We have a book and we do writing, reading, speaking, and listening. Okay. And okay. Because it's very presentations and oral presentations okay. improve okay. our English. Okay, but how do you go ahead? No, I was gonna say, how much of that do you think is actually helping you with your English? How much of like following a course book, following you know, listening to a CD, I guess, yeah. with voices, how much does that help you? I in the school they didn't teach you very well English. I go to another uh, class and they uh, speak me. Okay. Uh, and it's so cool to do the listening and this, but we have to improve more and doing this. It's so cool. How do you how do you do it outside of class? So you're talking to us here, or talking to other people doing interviews. But what do you what why why are you learning English? What is the purpose? Why what do you want to do with it? The typical purpose to get a very a good job and okay. can travel. Okay. Yes. But do you care about it? Are you passionate? Are you how are your learning motivation with it? Uh, or you don't well. care? I speak no. Okay. It's okay. Yes. Do you speak other languages? Um Catalan Spanish and English. A little bit. German? No. no. I have one more question. Why do you think it's so hard for Spanish people to speak or learn English? I think because it's a new language and they are 
it's hard to to know a new language. <laughs> it's it's difficult this question. If and because in Spain we don't learn much English. If you want to learn English, you have to go uh, to England or Canada or. So why not? But every school has English classes, right? Yes. It's kind of like French in our in Canada. We learn French in school, but if I mean, there's a French part of Canada, obviously, right? But if you're from the English part, you learn French in class, but you don't learn. You just take the classes, right? Yeah. So, but why? What is it about Spanish schools or schools in Spain where you have the class but you don't learn? What is the the issue, the problem? Um, because we always do it just same and the same. It's so grammatical and it's okay. not practical. It's writing and you when you speak you don't think about your, the structure of your phrases and this. Alright. You're very quiet. What do you think? <laughs> I don't understand English. <laughs> Not yet. This is the problem. We okay. uh, just say that we don't practice English and okay. then so you, the people... I, it's hard to I speak don't English with other people. And I think it's so how many people are you going to talk to here? How many more? You have us and then how many more? Yeah, we have to speak to three of three, yes. uh, everyone. Okay. Alright, well, Thank what you. are your names? Uh, my name is Georgina. Cristina. Cristina. Mireya. All right. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you. Oh, great. So the third and final interview, I think, is uh, connected to some friends of Leo. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but I think uh, Leo is an alum of International House uh, Barcelona. Yeah, he is. He did his Delta uh, at International House in Spain. He started in Barcelona, but decided that he didn't want to uh, study in Barcelona. He wanted to study in Sevilla. So he actually transferred ah. to Sevilla and did his Delta uh, down in the south of Spain, which is beautiful. But uh, that must have also afforded you guys some opportunities to uh, talk to some of his friends. Absolutely. So Leo has a couple of friends, uh, Victor and Claudia, hola, oh. <laughs> uh, over there. And they were very gracious hosts. And we went and the first night we were there, uh, Barcelona, the classic, El Clasico was on. So we went oh, to a bar. We couldn't get tickets to the game, of course, sold out. Um, but Next year, folks. You know, well, maybe. That'll be a whole new podcast, that one. <laughs> uh, so watch the game with them, Madrid, Barcelona. Uh, interesting watching it in Barcelona, by the way. It's really, it was fascinating. Was it a nice Not a lot vibe? of Madrid fans. No, no. <laughs> there was one lonely guy. Oh, poor, uh, so we hung guy. out with them. They, they took us around. They showed us lots of stuff. Lou and I had both been to Barcelona before, but they showed us lots of good restaurants and, and food and culture. And of course, Barcelona is rich with culture because it's in Catalonia, right? right. So there's a, a, you know, similar to... I don't know if I want to say it's similar, but a similar idea of a lot of countries. You know, in Canada, we have a similar uh, setup as well, where uh, there's a little bit of, you know, different types of culture, different language. Catalan is the official language in Catalonia, right? Uh, we went to the memorial for when Spain overtook Catalonia, you know, three or four hundred years ago. I forget the exact date. Okay. Uh, and a lot of this stuff is, is still resonating. So we actually had a chance and they were willing to give us an interview about the, the differences in culture, the differences in language, how they're similar, how they're different. And how how that kind of interacts just in, in a day-to-day -day life in Barcelona. Well, that's excellent. Uh, let's listen, everyone. All right. So continuing with the trip here in Barcelona, now we're sitting down with some friends, Victor and Claudia. We're here at San Pedrito. In what neighborhood are we in? We are in Elborn, in Barcelona. Elborn. That's right. Okay. Uh, Leo, quick question. How's your Spanish going? You practice a lot yet? Uh, I learned the expression pica, picar algo, which means to have an appetizer. Right? Okay. That's that's the only thing I've learned so far. Okay. I'm gonna get there. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, but that's that's how you say it in Spanish, right? We're here with two experts, two locals. So in Barcelona, we should speak Catalan, right? So para picar, can you tell us how to say that in Cat Catalan? Picar algo. Picar algo, so it's very similar. Pi yeah, picar algo, picar algo. So it only changes the pronunciation. Okay. But the, the yeah, the graph, it's basically the same. Because yeah. we were interviewed this morning with the, with the ladies at the market, and they made fun of our pronunciation in Catalan, because we wanted to say seguro. <laughs> Uh, that's how I would say it in Spanish. But clearly. Segundo. Sagón. 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 How different is it, the pronunciation from Spanish? So, in general, from mm -hmm. Catalan to Spanish. Mm -hmm. okay. um, we talk more with the A, I think, and with the mouth more open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think uh, Spanish people just think that Catalan is the same as Spanish, but if you take uh, away the, the 
the last letter, then you you can speak Catalan fluently. So. No, yeah, I, I I would completely agree. I mean, it's more it's more an open language because, uh, for example, uh, if you are saying uh, Castellano, which is Spanish language, in in Catalan you would say Castellà. So it's more open, right? And however, a lot of words, if you talk pro like good Spanish and you understand and you're fluent, you would be able to understand. I yeah. would say you would be able to understand roughly 70% of the of the Catalan language. Okay. So you would not have problems with that. Yeah. That's interesting. Castellano is a word that I, I've heard all the time. Maybe. But it's talking about perspective, it's interesting because in Central America it's used as a word like if I guess in English if we talk about British English it's used as a word that represents a more formal or more uh -huh, or more I don't know what the word, I don't want to say distinguished, but more fancy? It's almost like what British yeah. English is with received pronunciation. So they would say that if you speak the Queen's English, that's what, that would be the standard English. It would be the Queen's English or received pronunciation, RP. So for me, when I think about Spanish, is Abbas Castellano, which says like, whoa, wait a second. Kind of a Spanish. negative connotation yeah. a little bit yeah, in sure. Central America. Castellano, it's, okay. It comes it's from Castilla. Okay. Which Castilla it's in Spain where it yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if it's the regular Spanish. Like you said, like the British is the one that it's standardized and it's the normal one. I'm not sure if well yes, of course it came from Castilla because it's the one that conquered uh Colon went to America and conquered everything and all that. So so yeah, it should be the regular. It's the born where it's born. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. Um how we asked, we've asked everyone the same question about languages okay. that we've been talking about on the trip, but if we wanted to start to learn Catalan, what advice would you give us? Wow. Um, first of all, meeting Catalan people, I think it's the best option because there are not a lot of courses or places where you can go just to learn Catalan. So I think the best option is to start studying another um, degree or some course. Then if you study this course in Catalan, I think it's the best option. And it's it's impressive how people or people that know Spanish, they learn really fast Catalan. So... Is there some issue of... Because in, no, in Portuguese and Spanish, they're so similar that people say that if you speak one of... It's really hard to learn the other one completely fluently because they're so similar. Is there an issue with that in Catalan? Like, is there a Catanol? Yes. Or an Espanol? For, for us, for example, you, you, we usually uh, mix words in Catalan and Spanish and sometimes, yeah, you try to translate from Spanish some words in Catalan, so and it's 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 wrong but yeah we can notice that because if if both we speak catalan and spanish we can notice that because we can understand each other so yeah coming back to the question um yeah just i think the best option is to learn a different thing or different topic in catalan and then it's an easy way to, to learn and it's a soft way, so, yeah. yeah. Victor had a prepared answer, he said, he's, he's ready, so he's No, 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 <laughs> to me, to me, to me, it's just about, it comes to, first of all, even though I'm very, um, Catalan, and I would even say that it's sensitive to pursue independence here and cultural things. Apart from that, I wouldn't recommend if you are not a language like multi-language fan to know a lot of languages. I would recommend first to learn Spanish and then maybe go for the Catalan. Basically, because you have it encompasses more things if you are learning Spanish because you can go to South America, you can go to you have more options. And even if you want want to go in Catalonia everyone is going to understand you in Spanish. Uh, and if, um, yeah, if you want to learn the language now, uh, it's totally okay. You will have less resources, of course, because uh, finding Catalan resources is what, what Claudia was saying. You, you will not find as much as you find in English. Um, however, uh, I think that it's about picking a book 
it's about listening and it's about trying to surround yourself with the language when you wanna make a, 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 a little jumps like if you are feeling stuck surround yourself with the language come here into Barcelona come in Catalonia which is is very nice and then try to go to the next level so that you get unstuck of, of that of that moment and after that it's it's like learning any language in the world you just have to read you just have to listen and input output input output and I would say also about uh, writing and try to incorporate it to your daily life the problem with this is that you, can, you have to be focused on one language. If you want to learn several languages at once, it will be impossible because you cannot be surrounded and incorporate that language to your daily life. So that would be, yeah. I'll let, I'll let you jump in in a second, but that leads me into the other question that I had. Because we have, I don't know if there's a Canadian parallel, but I guess if you go to Montreal, for example, yeah. so in, in, in French, French Canada, right? But if you wanted to really learn French in Montreal and you had zero French, it would be a little bit difficult because people would automatically switch. Most people in Montreal are bilingual, English and French, right? So we, unless you can demonstrate a, a fairly strong ability in French, they usually switch to English with you. Would And everybody here, I'm assuming, also speaks Spanish, right? So if I really want to speak or learn Catalan, would I be able to do that here? Or would I have trouble getting people to speak with me in Catalan? Or, or living in only Catalan and not in Spanish. If I moved here, imagine I don't speak Spanish, right? Okay. And I only wanted to learn Catalan for, for a reason. Yeah. Would I have trouble doing that or would okay. Spanish, I would learn Spanish more just because of what I hear and whatever versus pure Catalan? No, uh, I think it's pretty balanced here, I would say. It's, pre it's pretty balanced. The only thing is education. If you are going to be educated here, uh, if you don't uh, go for the Spanish way, you will find ev almost everything in Catalan. Okay. Right? So uh, they try, because this is a kind of uh, uh, um, a way to maintain the culture. Because otherwise, Spain and Spanish would uh, overcome our culture, would, would, would take over everything uh, in this sense, in this, yeah. Because they, they are bigger, and those, yeah. So, uh, you would be able. You would be able. You would be able. Good, 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 good. But I think that if you come from another country and you want just um, start learning Catalan here, just living in Barcelona and socializing with Catalan people, I think people have the tendency to speak you in, in, in Spanish. Because, of course, um, it, it's the same as in Canada. I think if people is going to first speak you in English and then, okay, you, you need to force them to speak you in, in France. So the same here. So I think the, yeah, the first contact, people is going to um, talk you in Spanish. And then you, you need to make some effort to, to get... Uh, yes, but the example was someone who does not speak Spanish. Like, I agree with you, if, if, a, if a South American is coming to Barcelona, mm -hmm. he's not going to learn Catalan, okay. unless he forces himself to do so. But if you are coming and, and you are an English speaker and you don't know anything about, uh, about Spanish, uh, it, it, both are probable. I mean, okay. So yeah. both are equally likely. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I would say so. I mean, I mean, we can have different opinions, but I would say. But I, I totally agree that if you have some knowledge, nothing, a little bit about Spanish, then you will not learn Catalan, because okay. everyone's going to talk to you in Spanish. Because we respect, of course, the other language. <laughs> I mean, we, we also respect that I don't know uh, English person. Um, tries to learn first Spanish then Catalan maybe because we are more used to that we we start um, talking to him in, in Spanish so but um, I don't know if someone is trying to speak Catalan for sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really glad to because yeah, I was I thought of that earlier as we were just wandering around today and you guys are like showing us around and showing us everything and I thought to because you guys mentioned something that you said even between the two of you it's weird to speak Spanish to each other because you always speak I thought that was kind of I hadn't thought about that to be honest with you so when you come out and you go to restaurants and you go to bars and you go to the movies or whatever what 
language, if you approach the waiter, the waitress, the store clerk, what language do you speak to that person in? What is your, what is the go-to? Is it Spanish or is it Catalan? Wow. I, <laughs> no, honestly, because we are, we are in a way proficient with both languages, so we are not very con conscious. But um, I don't imagine that a person has a book that oh, that's a Catalan speaker or that's a Spanish. It has to be. You have to hear them talk first, probably. I'm guessing. I don't. Yeah, I could be yeah. wrong. I don't know. For me, for example, in my case, if I am not very sure about the other person's uh, first language, mm -hmm. I will approach that person in Spanish because for me it's more respectful because I I respect whether. If he talks Catalan, he's going to talk Spanish. But if he talks Spanish, not necessarily he's, he's, he speaks Catalan, right? So uh, that's the thing, right? You would agree with that, right? Yeah, I think because um, here in Barcelona, there are the tourism and, for example, now we are in a Mexican bar and I think the, the, <laughs> the, wait, the waiters um, don't speak Catalan, so just to be more formal yeah we start with with Spanish and then if they um, answer you in Catalan then you continue the, the conversation with Catalan but it's of course um, Spanish it's more globally understood so I think we we start first in in, in Spanish and then if we can switch we switch cool all right Leo jump in here man uh, no I was just gonna ask one thing I mean there's a, a fact well-known fact that a lot of uh, English speakers choose to live in Spain, and more specifically Barcelona. Um, but the interesting fact is that, I think I read this research, or it was a statistic saying that about 70% of Spaniards do not speak English at all. Why do you think that is the case? Tough questions today, tough, yeah. really tough questions. I know. Uh, I think one, uh, an important thing is that we have everything in the television translated. So I think when we, in our childhood, we just start watching all the series, all the films in Spanish. So we don't have the chance to, to well, we have, but uh, people are not used to um, start watching films in English because yeah it's more easy to to watch it in Spanish so um, I think this is the first the first step and yeah and because during childhood I think it's, it's you you learn really fast so um, there's the main difference I think yeah, uh, I mean, one aspect would be the growth spirit of the people here, which uh, they have not that much ambitions. It's 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 the, the cultural. It's no, in general, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> fighting words, Victor. No, no, that's that's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, and in a way, in a way, it's what, what we were talking before that. Um, uh, in a way, that's good. That's very good because it allows you to settle with what you have and be happy with what you have. Uh, but in a way, it kind of uh, pushes you back from growth, which also it's necessary. So I think in America, there is too much of, of only growth. And here in, in Spain, there's too much of settling with what you have and being happy. And being well, I think it's important to say that English doesn't mean growth. Right, the, the language of I mean, learning no, different languages, being bilingual or trilingual in whatever language is a skill. But I think we resent the idea that people have to feel like they have to learn English just because it's a language that etc. etc. It could be different languages, right? But Leo, does your or are Spaniards bilingual in different languages, or are they mostly monolingual, Catalan or Spanish? But is there a lot of Spanish people speak French or German or Japanese? I don't know. Or is it no, uh, there's the second point that I. Was going to make which is that people here is very local so they do not feel in general I'm I'm speaking in like in statistics in general terms. Um, so people here uh, has not as much maybe as, as in Australia or in Canada or in America this need for going out they, they see their life here with their fa with their family settling everything's fine and complacency right complacency <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. Did you have a follow-up question? No, that was no. Um, I guess I don't know. The only thing I also want to ask is like, just if we go back, if you go in your time machine, like go back in time to when you were like ten years older, or make paint a picture for us, like 
if we and maybe it's different in each city or each state in, in Spain but in school education would be in Spanish right is what is the second language that happens in in, in Spanish schools or Spanish in or in in, in Catalonia it's in in, in, so what are the differences across the country and then how would you assess the quality of the learning that happens in the additional language in whatever language that is. Okay. Um, the main language in, in Catalonia is Catalan, so we learn everything in Catalan. Then also Spanish, but as a, sec as a secondary language. And then we learn mostly English, but our English teachers are Spanish. So <laughs> this is uh, also a main problem. Yeah, yeah and, um, I mean, uh, this is for sure in general it's Catalan and then Spanish because you have Catalan and Spanish and then the classes in general are taught in Catalan so it, mostly it's Catalan so math and Catalan yeah exactly Catalan. that's the normal thing yeah. but again if the teacher is more comfortable with Spanish normally there is no problem that the teacher teaches the class in Spanish in university but during um, primary school they, they have the obligation to do the class I had, in Spanish. I had teachers that taught me in Spanish and there was no problem. Okay, okay. <laughs> it would depend. Yeah, but anyway, so the, and, and coming to the quality of the, of the third language... Uh, yeah, English, of course. Okay. The quality, the quality. Not, not the language, of course it's yeah, English. The, the, third, the third language is English. The quality. I don't know. I mean, well, what's the quality? You, how did you learn? You guys speak English really, really well. So, are, do you yeah, think but I learned by myself. Do you I mean, think are you are? I hated. I hated English thanks to thanks to my school okay. and, and, and Leo uh, returned because it's about attaching something positive into into what you want to learn. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's completely different how I learned English from the experience that I had in my school. In the school, it's all about, uh, uh, yeah, passing exams, yeah, grammar, it's all very uh, methodic. They want you to, to memorize something that you will forget in the future, so... Or as you say, if... if Spaniards, your words, they, 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 they you know, visualize their life being here, maybe it's not a useful skill, useful, it's not worthwhile to, in, to invest yeah. that much time and energy into yeah. something. Do you, yeah, if we take Leo's 70% statistic as if that's true, of Spaniards not speaking, English, speaking okay. or being proficient or whatever, no, don't, speak English. don't speak English, uh, then that's, I was talking to a Brazilian in an interview in, in an earlier episode, it, it was kind of the same cycle, so then the people who as kids or as teenagers don't learn to be proficient, grow up, and some of them learn or become teachers. And then if they're the ones that are teaching the language the classes in the class, but they're also not proficient, that just goes into the cycle, right? So yeah, 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 absolutely. But the thing also is the, the methodology of, of the class. Like, uh, yeah, I think that the teachers in English that I had, at least, were not passionate about about the, about language learning in general. Because I think it's more about language learning than than the language itself, mm -hmm. right? So, because uh, the way I think you should be uh, learning, and, and and I mean, you guys probably it's your philosophy and what you want to 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 transfer to your students. It's about experiencing the language, and in the class, it, there's nothing about it. It's all about trans. Translating, uh, uh, memorizing, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, in my, in my grammar and, and useful vocabulary. And I felt, I feel that I learned the same things each year. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Every year was the same. Tom Sawyer. If you ask here, Tom Sawyer, right? Uh, right. We were reading Tom Sawyer. I mean, come on. And all the, all the, all of, all of the class was reading the same book. This makes no sense. I mean, every one of us is different. Let us pick a book which which kind of interests us, and, and we can uh, attach some positive feeling to to the language. Yeah, everyone's reading the same book in the class. That's that's insane. That's insane. And in childhood, that you are finding your passion, um, it's impossible to to just. Um, 
Yeah, have the, the, the goal to improve your English just with this type of English lessons. So I don't know. So Claudia, is your story the same? Victor kind of motivated himself and kind of learned on his own because he wanted to. Is that how you, you learned as well? Yeah. You learned as well. Did you learn the same way as him? Like just yeah. on your own, taking initiative? Reading, obviously uh, yes, not yes. in classes. Yeah. Mostly, I mean, when you, you have a... a well, it's a lot better than when you yeah. got out of university. Yeah, with Leo we, we had a really big uh, connection, change, yeah. Yeah, connection, because we just link some uh, some of our passions with English, and when you link this uh, a, a, a good feeling with English, then you, you are going to improve your English um, without effort yeah and i think it's just uh, starting the listening more, more podcasts reading <laughs> like this one for example <laughs> like this one yeah okay i think, I think language is just a vehicle language yeah. is a vehicle it's not you can't just go to class and learn english english has to be a vehicle through which you find your passion and then you can kind of like associate your passion to that language and then you, it, it makes learning a lot more fun rather than just memorizing rules the idea of competence comes before performance I we're gonna watch a talk on this and I'm very passionate about this idea that language has to serve a purpose in your life if you're going to do be doing research let's focus on language that you're gonna need for your research if you're interested in philosophy let's read books philosophical books in English so again connecting your lifestyle to the language that way you have I would, I would say that thanks to that and I don't know if Claudia would agree with me but I do know a lot more on English and how to uh, utilize it for specific uh, contexts because I've worked on those contexts. For example, if I am talking about philosophy in Spanish, I would I would not be able to talk as good as as good or not maybe not as good but as comfortable as I do in English because everything I read about those things are in English and that that's insane because when I try to philosophize with my friends, I kind of feel stuck because I. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's true. That's true. I flow. I flow in those in those in those contexts when I'm using English, and that's because you learn how to uh, how to move yourself and flow in the in the context using specific structures that lead you to specific patterns of thought, which are yeah. Yeah. But that's true. If I want to do research, of course, so just reading papers and yeah, like reading and doing all my research in English, it's a way to improve my vocabulary and it's so easy. I, okay, I if I'm not really interested in, in philosophy, um, I'm not going to improve. Why I need to know a uh, philosophic uh, vocabulary? If not, I'm not going to use it in the future. So just uh, focus or personalize your English in a way that it's going to be worth in the future. So. Yeah. I think that's really sage advice. I mean, personalize your learning, right? Because I suck at math. You know why I suck at math? Because I didn't try when I was a kid. Because I didn't care about it, and I didn't put in the effort. And I was, it, but it was just memorizing formulas, and I wasn't into that. And as an adult now, I don't know it because I mean, I could if I put the effort in now, but I don't. I don't see the usefulness in my life. It's not useful. So it's not language specific. It's learning specific, right? People learn. It's not rocket science, as we like to say. People learn things that they're interested in, and if you're not interested then you don't usually learn it but as teachers it's our job to try to show why you should be how to be interested in something even if you're not really that interested in it right Leo last question to you give it a good one I don't really have a question to ask <laughs> I don't really have one I feel like we've covered most of the questions that we wanted to ask but um, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, Leo's a loss for words. This never happens. I this always just listen to this. Was, well, we don't... I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of... I think no, that's enough. But that's probably. completely true, because if you want to learn anything in life, chances are it will be in English. I mean, so you need the, the language and you need to be proficient in the things that that you care about. As Claudia said, I think it's, it's, it's perfectly said that you gotta personalize your English because you will be able to, to learn. I think that's one of the reasons why 
the company is called Learn Your English. It's because it's the idea that when you go to a class, you're learning. I don't like this idea, this name, but we call it general English. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone, but everyone learns differently. Everyone has different interests. Everyone wants. Everyone has different passions, and I think that finding what what really motivates people, what really makes them passionate about a subject, is the best way to actually get them to interact with the language. And that's that's basically it. I think we'll leave it there. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good place to leave it. So our suitcase is already kind of heavy, but uh, Catalan for dummies. We'll pick that up <laughs> at the airport, and we'll uh, next time we'll be we'll be proficient next time. Thanks, guys, for this. Bye. Thank all you. All right. Well, again, great interview. Thank you very much, Andrew, for uh, you and Leo to record all that information. Oh, thanks to Victor and Claudia. There, they're the stars there. That was a really fascinating interview. It's really great to learn about all of that stuff. Well, the one thing I learned is that uh, getting back to our original topic about you know attending such a conference getting out meeting people both inside the conference and out uh, is that you know as learners we're actually all quite similar we've all kind of experienced the same challenges when it comes to learning you know finding finding opportunities to communicate and practice the language we're learning making sure that it's authentic and not just from a textbook uh, hopefully having that opportunity to uh, spark kind of spontaneous conversations like the one that kind of came out of your uh, your questions there with the high school students and uh, I don't know that really kind of stood out to me as a as a, a similarity that we all share and uh, as a teacher actually it also made me think a little bit about how I approach my classroom activities but more importantly maybe the the tasks that I set for outside of the class like how I can make them more meaningful what are the ways I can add elements and and aspects to to maybe generate more reflection, more authentic content, better output, I guess, is where I'm trying to go with that. Uh, would you agree or you have another take on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, kind of touching on what you said at the beginning there, uh, travel is such an incredible thing. It, you know, the world is such a big world, but also such a small world at the same time. And when, when we travel, it opens our eyes and opens, our, opens doors to, you know, uh, how similar you know, almost everybody is around the world in this aspect in terms of learning, very, very similar. You know, the methodology or the, the way of learning might differ, but the end goal is very similar. And it was great to see and great to meet all these nice people and a lot of people that obviously we couldn't interview or, you know, were too, sh you know, recorder shy. But oh, nevertheless, the experience go. was was very similar and, and the same. And I think as teachers, especially if, if we're, you know, just teaching in one country or where we're from, you know, we're, we're very much exposed to diversity and multiculturalism especially in a city like toronto but with our students you know sometimes we don't or at least i can talk for myself i don't you always think about them leaving the classroom and going back to where they're from and what their experience with the language that i'm teaching them in this case english might be and in this case i was you know plopped down in barcelona and i could actually see how people learn and how people are using the language in a place where it's not you know the first language spoken even though it's you know similar to toronto in, in, in the way that it's very diverse and very multicultural so that really, you know, these are things that weren't new to me, not new concepts, but it's nice to be reminded of yes, this yes. and the purpose of language learning and the purpose is not the classroom. The purpose is the use of it outside of the classroom and to be able to see and talk to people about how they use it and their struggles or, you know, success stories with the language or not just English, obviously, but any, any additional language that they've learned. And I've always said this, I'm very jealous of a lot of people in Europe because they grow up in such a, a multilingual culture that it's it's we'd say it's easier for them to learn it's not easier for them to learn but they're just so much ex so exposed to many different languages from the start that it, they kind of have an advantage right well it's so different from every other skill right uh, the, the whole purpose of learning a language is that at its core interaction right so because they have because they're so integrated and because they're so integrated and multicultural at the same time they're they're kind of you know forced to to um to have that skill and to build those skills and that's why they're such fantastic communicators and why you and i are both so envious of them so my question for you andrew is uh, what is your call to action yeah oh my call to action is just i mean it's something you know nothing crazy here but just you know keep traveling keep meeting people keep learning 
keep learning about cultures. I mean, I, I learned a lot of things about a lot of cultures that, you know, I've met maybe a couple of people from, but learning, learning about how they learn, learning about how they value learning. And guess what? It's the same way as what, as how we value learning. And all of us, you know, are very, this, very similar in this learning culture. And that's why we're in this industry. Anyone who teaches or is a student or is an administrator or a DOS, you know, we like interacting with people. We like interacting with cultures. Uh, but the classroom is not enough, right? Just our, our little zone of our class or our school or our city isn't enough. And it's really, really healthy to get out there and meet people and talk to people and not just travel, but, you know, make an effort to reach out to people who are different than you are and learn about their story, hear their story. I'm so happy that we met so many nice people that were willing to lend their voice uh, in this episode and outside of this episode to share their stories and, and make this world, even though it's very big, you know, a little bit smaller. Well, thank you again for uh, your interviews and thanks to Leo as well. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Talking Time with Andrew and Mike. Uh, Please uh, stay tuned for our next installment of the Barcelona trip, uh, in which case we'll look at some more interviews and uh, we'll also try and check in with Leo. Yeah, we'll try and find him somewhere. He's around. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Have a good one. that English is a language that most people are used to learning. Yes. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But when you ask about how can I learn your language, people are like, uh, so there's always this hesitation. People don't really know where to start. Yeah, but then this is because people do not generalize. I think that when you learn, learning is about generalizing things. It's about uh, using something that you have used in some concrete aspect and then using it for, for oh, all things. Man. Oh. Yeah, that's true. I love you right now. This is great. <laughs> You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.